0: I'm Jane Travis and welcome to the Grow Your Private Practice show. It's great to have you here. Hi and welcome back. And if it's your first time here, it's absolutely great to have you here. Hope you're having a good day. Hope you're having a good week. As I'm recording this, it's a beautiful sunny day outside. So I've got all the doors open, all the windows open, and every now and again, a fly comes in just to pester me, but I just don't want to shut the doors. So if you hear flies, if you hear my dog barking, please just, just turn a blind ear to them. So what we're going to do today is we're going to look at some things that are going to help you to, to have a successful practice, really. Um, so, yeah, let's get stuck into it, shall we? I, for me, I was thinking about this, and I've actually got 10 steps here, so or 10 keys to a successful practice. And these are all things that I think are... Really important for people to be um, aware of, to be working on, or that actually they will need in order to be successful and make the business work for you. So number one, really, and it probably, you know, I don't need to say this, but the first thing is that you need to actually get started. Now, I've seen plenty of people who don't get started because they're waiting because They want to have all their ducks in a row and you really don't need ducks in a row to do this. So I see some people waiting until they've got the perfect website or they've got the perfect logo or they've got the perfect room or, you know, that everything is how they think it should be. And my advice is if you're one of those people, please start before you're ready because it's a fallacy. There is no perfect website. There is no perfect room, well, there might be a perfect room, I guess, but if you wait for everything to be perfect, you'll be waiting for a very, very long time. It's more important to get started. So you might love the thought of having a beautiful counselling room with a lovely leather chaise longue and and artwork on the walls that's great. And that's something to work towards. But what about now? Is that what room can you use? And if there isn't a room you can use, you can just get started on on Zoom. I mean, one of the good things that happened with the lockdown is people are familiar with and happy to use Zoom now. So can you use Zoom to get started? So I also see people doing a lot of I call it procrasty Brandy. And my goodness, I do this a lot. I still do do it less now, to be fair. But when I started, I did a lot of this looking for a perfect website with the perfect colours and the perfect fonts and the perfect logo and the perfect text. And do you know what? Everything, I would spend hours and hours deciding whether I wanted this shade of orange or this shade of orange. And ultimately it just doesn't matter so if you're a little bit caught up in that that could be a self-sabotage technique so I would say sit down put a timer on I'm I'm a I'm big on the on using timers for things because when you put a time timer around something when you kind of boundary the time it stops you overthinking so if you put a boundary on it say get a cup of coffee 10 minutes I'm going to talk about you know what's stopping me what fears do I have around getting started then work on those fears because those are your self sabotaging techniques. So the first thing that I would say, the first, the f- very first thing is you have to get started because you can't, you can't grow, you can't learn until you've actually made that first step. So that's number one, right? Number two, action is the antidote to fear, and if you've ever listened to anything that I've done before, you'll know that this is kind of. Well, action is actually our word of the year in the Grow Your Private Practice membership because it's just such an important thing. So let me, how can I explain this? So in, in the Grow Your Private Practice membership, we have a huge amount of training. It's been on the go now for three years. And every month there's been at least three, maybe four pieces of training goes into the club. So you could literally sit and you could you could sort of consume all of that training which would be not a good thing to do because you'd end up just getting really, really confused, not knowing where to start. So I don't recommend that at all. But you can learn and learn and learn, but it's not until you actually take action that you, you really start to make progress okay. Because And I I talk about action as the antidote to fear. Now, you'll probably know this because the thing about people is that we have a lot of fears and anxieties. You know, it's part of being a human. It's part of us trying to keep ourselves safe, isn't it? As a counsellor, you know that. So you will have fears about doing something new, whether it's being a little bit more visible or trying something new. There'll be fears there because there's a part of you that's saying, right, it's safer not to do that. Let's just stay in our comfort zone. But the way to get over the fear isn't to learn more about it. It's actually to try doing the thing. So for example, if you want to, you you probably know that going on social media is a a great thing to do for counsellors. You might decide that you want to go on social media so you learn all about social media. Do my social media made simple course. You, You learn a lot about it. You might write lots of things, but it's not until you actually put something on social media that you properly start learning. So it's a little bit like when you learn to drive, you know, you can learn the theory, you can take the test, but as so many people say, you only really start learning once you've you've passed your test and you're out there on the road. So it's a little bit like that. So if you are a little bit caught up in a bit of fear, baby steps, just really tiny baby steps, Will start to help you to move forward, so again, in the example of social media, what puts some people off with social media is a fear that people will criticize them in some way i don 't know if you feel that, but you know I think a lot of us can feel that so once you put a couple of social media posts out there and realize that actually nobody's criticized me because they won't they, they won't you'll be very, very unlucky if somebody does that gives you the the confidence then to to keep on posting. So action is the antidote to fear. So step three is to accept failure as a part of the learning process. And I know that this is hard because if you you get something wrong, you know, you you get that feeling of failure and then that can put you in a bit of a self-esteem downward spiral, can't it? And it can leave us feeling pretty rotten, can't it? But you already know this. You already know this. That part of, that failure is literally a part of the learning process. So let's think about my chili. Okay, I make a really, really good chili, and I have to say, even if I say so myself, my chili is a work of art. It's very, very good. It's really, really nice. Anybody that has it really loves it. But I didn't wake up one morning and think, right? I need, I want to make some chili and I make it and it's fabulous so the first time I made it I imagine it was I don't know maybe a little bit bland maybe I've made it too spicy but because I like chili I've sort of tried it I've tried it with this I've tried it with fresh fresh chilies in it tried it with chili flakes I've stick with chili powder now I've tried it with cumin in with cumin not in putting you know diced carrots in and not all of those things okay And every time it doesn't quite work, that's a step towards me getting to a really, really good chilli. I think maybe I fancy a bit, (laughs) maybe I fancy some chilli for my tea, I'm not sure. And it's exactly the same with everything you do. So let's take social media. If you start on social media and not many people, you know, respond, you might think to yourself, oh my god, I can't do this. But that is literally a part of your learning process. You have to learn What to post on social media. You have to learn how to write a post so that people will respond to it, that then gives you that engagement. And the more engaged that the more engagement you get, the more people will see your posts. So this is a real this is a biggie. You know, this is a really biggie, a real biggie. So you can't be successful without having failures. So rather than see a failure as a failure, I want you to sort of change that, sort of have a little reframe of, okay, so that didn't work. Uh, That's fantastic. That's really good intel. So how can I use that so that the next time when I do it, I'll get more success? So yeah, accepting failure is just such an important thing. Now, number four is working on your self-sabotage. Now, we all have self-sabotaging techniques that we use and being in business is no different. So your self-sabotage is unique to you, but it will be something along the lines of imposter syndrome, procrastination, perfectionism, shiny object syndrome, all of the good stuff. Now, again, this is a little bit like I was talking in the last one. So I think the important thing here isn't to get rid of these but to understand yourself. So for example, for me, I get really bad imposter syndrome. I I talk about it all the time and it's, it's horrible, you know, it really is horrible, but I don't want to let that stop me really. So what I've done over time is, I've started to learn about myself and my working patterns, what, learn what works for me, learn the things that are kind of a little bit triggering. And I've found ways that work for me. And the only way that you can do that is to have an open mind. And when something doesn't go the way you think you that it should do, to for me, it's that phrase of, uh, oh, that's interesting. I wonder what I can learn from that. So Again, this isn't about stop self-sabotage because I think very often that's just not a realistic aim to stop self-sabotaging. Self-sabotaging, we do it for a reason. And like I say, most of the time, it's a way of keeping us within our comfort zone. So I suggest that you look at working on understanding your self-sabotage so that when you do self-sabotage yourself or you can see those tendencies creeping in, then you'll be able to go, oh, hello, I'm doing that thing again. Now, what was it I did last time that helped? So yeah, understand your self-sabotage. Number five is to work on your money mindset. And this is a real big one. This is massive, actually. In fact, this is humongous, <laughs> working on your money mindset. Now, I have done tons of work on my money mindset. I've read books, listened to podcasts. I'm in um, Denise Duffield Thomas's boot camp. Um, I have learned loads about my own money mindset. It's one of those things, like with all of these sort of self-sabotages, it's one of those things where you don't get to a point and you think, right, I've, I've done, I know now. You get to the point, you're always learning. There's always something new that will trip you up. It's important to work on your money money mindset because you're in business. And as somebody that's in business, you have to deal with money. You have to be paid by someone for the services that you provide. And if you feel guilty about charging someone, if you feel awkward about charging someone, or if you always give people free counselling, or if you always give concessions, Then you're going to end up working and you're not going to get much financial gain. And as much as we want to help people, as much as we want to be helpful, let's get real here. We all need money to live. We all need money for all sorts of different reasons. It might be that you want to buy, you know, posh cars. I mean, that could be it. But it's not always, you know, money isn't just about going and buying posh things. Money brings about safety and security, money brings about peace of mind, it reduces stress. It helps you for now and it helps you for your future. It helps your family. So, yes, you can obviously go out and buy yourself some, you know, some beautiful shoes or a posh car or whatever floats your boat. But money is something that it's part of what makes the world go around. So if you're in private practice and you find yourself feeling really awkward around money, this is definitely something to work on. And funnily enough, in July, so if you if you're listening to this in July, in July, we do actually have um, a money mindset call. Let me just, I'm just looking now. i are just looking now when it is, because every month in the Grow Your Private Practice Club, we do have a money mindset call, which is a call that's all about looking at some sort of mindset issue. So in, where am I? On the 8th, no, it's not on the 8th, i tell a lie. It's on the 29th of July. I have the minds, the what's it called? Mindset matters. There you go. It's called Mindset Matters. And on the 20, what did I just say? I'm all over the place. On the 29th of July, we're doing a Mindset Matters and it's all about money mindset. So if you need some extra help with that, then come along and join us. You'd be very, very welcome. It's so important. Now, number six is that there's always something new to learn. Okay. And this is something I've talked about just recently in episode. I can't remember, episode 51, I think it was. I'll put the link below. I've talked a little bit about how I see a lot of counsellors at the moment that get caught up in learning one CPD to the next CPD, constantly learning and learning and learning, doing a new course, doing a new workshop, listening to a new talk. And this is such an important thing because it's kind of to know that there is always going to be something new to learn, always, 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 always. You can never know everything and you don't need to know everything. Okay. So I think there's sometimes a drive for us as counsellors to, to learn new stuff because we don't want to let, we want to do our best for our clients. You know, you want to do the very best that you can for any client that comes to you. And that's really admirable, but you can never know everything. And it's just an unrealistic expectation. So let's just sort of cycle back and have a think about, right, okay, what do, what do people need when they come to counselling? Well, they need you. They need to be heard. And remember, very often, it's not about us knowing the right answers. It's about us knowing the right questions, isn't it? So, you know, we sometimes put ourselves under pressure to just know everything. It's not necessary so, if you find yourself under pressure to know everything, I would suggest that you maybe go and have a listen to that other podcast and really get clear about what CPD you want to learn and focus on getting the CPD that's right for you. Okay, the next thing is number seven. We're at number seven. The next thing is to niche. Now, niching is something that is going to make a massive difference to you and your marketing. It's also going to make a massive difference again when it comes to choosing CPD. It's going to have a massive difference when it comes to helping clients. Yeah. Because having a niche is something that could really help that therapeutic relationship. So, what do I mean by that? There are hundreds and th- well, there are thousands of counselors, and there are thousands of thousands of people wanting counseling. So, how can the people that want counseling find the right counsellor for them? amongst all of those thousands and thousands of counsellors, especially if all of those counsellors are saying that they offer the same things. I mean, it makes it practically impossible and that can put people off actually going to counselling because it just feels overwhelming. So if you decide on a niche and um, in the episode I've just done, so this is episode 53, I've just done an episode about niching. So maybe have a listen to that if you want to um, learn a bit more about it. But if you have a a seedling niche, which is a term that I use for a very broad niche that's going to help you to just help clients to choose you. If you have a broad seedling niche, that's going to help you to shine. That'll help you to have like a beacon of light on you. So when people are searching for a counsellor for a specific thing and you're there to say, hey, I can help you with that. So it's really, really helpful. And like I say, it can help the therapy therapeutic relationship because people can people will see you, they'll start to get a feel for you, and therefore they'll decide whether you're the person that they can see themselves sitting in a room with or sitting on Zoom with and opening up about their story. Number eight, networking. Let's talk a little bit about networking because that that word is something that can kind of, you know, it can it can spark panic in people, can't it? Now I am a massive introvert. And when I say I'm a massive introvert, I mean, I'm almost a hermit. Okay. So I am a massive, massive introvert, <laughs> but I have done a ton of networking my time. And it's one of those things where I have, you know, I had to come out of my comfort zone to do it because it's something that is, Well, it's just something that works, but not only does it work, it works in lots and lots of different ways. So let's look at networking. Sometimes we can think networking is like us going out there and selling ourselves. Well, the first thing I want to say is that is absolutely not what it is. And if you think networking is going out, selling yourself, then you haven't got a good handle on networking. So what is networking? Networking is just meeting other people. It's as simple as that. It's forming relationships. It's forming relationships so that you can get to know each other, you can get to know each each other's business, so then you can get a referral network going. So this works both with other counsellors, so you can meet with other other counsellors, you can get to know them, and therefore you'll know who you can safely refer clients onto if you need to, and they can refer to you. But also it's great with non-counsellors, okay? now the great thing about non counselors is is it gets gives people a chance to meet you you know the proper you as a person so when we go to networking it's just about really making some new business friends and starting to get to know other people. You're not looking at selling to them. Like I say, if you go to a networking group and you say, hey, I'm a counsellor. Do you know anybody that needs counselling? Here's my number. If you do that, people will back away from you and move, move off pretty quickly because that is just not the done thing. But by people getting to know you, you just being yourself and just letting your passion show, they'll get to know you. And they, again, like I say, they will get to know that actually if they know somebody needs counselling, they would refer you because they've met you, they trust you. And yeah, and and it really, really works. The other good thing about networking is, of course, as counsellors, we tend to be in a room or on Zoom with a person. And it can be a lonely life, can't it? You know, we can't talk about our work. We can't gossip about our work. So pretty much we're on our own with it. And it's important to socialise. It's important to socialise both with our peers and with other people. So networking is a great way to do that. And over the years, I've met lots of people through networking that have gone on to become friends. Now, you might have seen somebody called Fifi Mason, and she did a podcast with me about introvert superpowers. I'll put a link to that below as well. Now, I met Fifi. She actually lives in the village next door to me, strangely enough. I met Fifi at a networking event and we just started chatting and we hit it off and we exchanged details and we kept in, in touch and then we had a coffee and we've been friends now for a few years in fact I was going to see her today but something's happened and I'm not and that's the beauty of networking it's a great way to get get together and make new friends in a world where we could be just working on our own day in and day out. Now, the other thing about networking is because people get to know you, it can open doors. So it means that, you know, you could do workshops for people or you could be interviewed in their podcast or you could be interviewed on local radio or something like that. So there are, or you could work with different companies, something like that. So there are lots of different things that are brilliant about networking. But yeah, if you haven't considered networking, obviously, as, as I'm recording this, we're hoping, hopefully going to be coming out of lockdown before too long. Things will open up. It will happen. It's going to happen at some point. So, you know, maybe look at doing some networking and getting out there and start to know a few people. Now, number nine is that this is such, again, these are all, I think these are all important really, but one of the things that you need to know to have a successful practice is to really understand that you are absolutely good enough, okay? This is so important. We've already talked about self-sabotage, we've talked about action is the antidote to fear, we've talked about accepting failure as part of the learning process, We've looked at the fact there's always something new to learn. So, you know, you already are good enough, okay? You absolutely are. You can be an amazing counsellor. You can bring about transformations for your clients. You can totally, totally help your clients with just the basic counselling skills. Never underestimate how powerful really being listened to is. Don't forget, for, for so many of us, being properly listened to is a rarity. I mean, you know yourself, if you're in conversation with a friend, how often do you start telling them your story about something you want to talk about? And they jump in with, oh, well, I had that happen to me. Or they might come in with advice and say, oh, well, when that happened to me, I did such and such. Or they might sort of dismiss it. Or, you know, we we know the story, don't we? So, We know that properly being listened to is such an important thing. It's so powerful. And we know that this doesn't happen very often out there. So never underestimate the power of properly being listened to. It's so important. You already are good enough, okay? So You don't have to do another qualification to be good enough. You might want to do another qualification to improve. There's nothing wrong with improving, but you're already good enough. So I hope that makes sense. And the last thing I want to talk about, and I have talked about this in a whole podcast, actually, so um, I'll link to that as well. But the last thing I want to talk about is your business, your rules. Yes, if you've listened to me before, you'll know that I talk about this a lot. Your business, your rules. And this is, again, this is just a vital thing to make your business work for you. And this, that, that's exactly what this is. I want your business, I want your private practice to be exactly what you want it to be. And that's the beauty of being self-employed. You can make your business work for you so you can work the hours that are best for you. You can work with the theories that are best for you, the modalities that are best for you. You can take time off when you want to. You can do the CPD that you want to. Literally everything about it, you can choose. You can choose the marketing that you want to do, and you can choose not to do the marketing that you don't like doing. You know, it's, 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 it's that. I think the beauty for me of being self-employed is that I have the freedom to choose what's right for me. I mean, that is such a gift, isn't it? I mean, if you are used to working for somebody else, you have to be at work at a certain time. You have to do what you're told to do. You have to have holidays when it's agreed. You know, there's so much freedom within private practice. I think when we start in private practice, I think we almost feel as though it has to be a certain way, but it doesn't. It could be whatever way that you want it to be. So I would say that, you know, you might not really be sure about what you want your private practice to be. I do talk about this in the foundations course over in the club, but Yeah, you might not know exactly what you want your business to be, but sit down, put a timer on. Again, I'm always talking about using a timer. Put a timer on, give yourself 10 minutes and just think about, think about your perfect day. How would you like your perfect day at work to be? What time would you want to start? I mean, would you like to start early? Do you you like to wake up early and you're ready to work at seven? Or are you somebody that doesn't like getting up early and prefers to work later? do do, would you prefer to work at the weekend would you prefer to work in the evening would you like to not work at the weekend would you like to not work in the evening whatever suits you is absolutely fine so go through your perfect day what time do you start working what sort of clients do you work with where do you work from really have a think about what would be ideal for you and then you can work on making that happen and that as I say that is the gift of being in private practice So look, that's 10 things that I've talked about. I've talked about getting started, start before you're ready. I've talked about action is the antidote to fear. I've talked about accepting failure as part of the learning process. I've talked about working on understanding your self-sabotage. I've talked about your money mindset. I've talked about how there's always gonna be something new to learn. Talked about having a niche, the benefits of having a niche. And I've talked about networking, If you haven't considered networking, really do not underestimate it. It's a great thing to do. And again, if you're somebody who doesn't like, you know, doing online stuff, networking with actual people could be right up your alley. We've talked about uh, how you are absolutely good enough and we've looked at your business, your rules. So those are 10 things, 10 powerful things are going to help you to turn your, your, your practice into a successful practice that works around you, it works around your skills, it works around your things that work for you and turns it into something that you can be proud of and to be the way that you want it to be. And I think that's really exciting. I just think it's so exciting. Okay, so that's it for this week. Remember, if you do need any help with any of these things, come and join us in the Grow Your Private Practice membership. The thing about the Private Practice membership is there's so much support there's loads and loads of training of course there is but you know what it's like it's one thing to learn training but sometimes you just need some people there to ask the questions you know get get some feedback that's the beauty of the the grow your private practice membership so come and join us check us out at growyourprivatepractice.co.uk and yeah hopefully i'll see you in there and whilst i'm on the subject i do love hearing from people so Come and connect with me. I'm either on Instagram, so that's at Grow Your Private Practice, all lowercase no spaces. Or check me out on LinkedIn, that's Jane Travis. And come and say hi. Let me know what you thought of this this episode. And is there anything that I forgot? Have you got any other tips you'd like me to share? Or is there something that you'd like me to talk about? Is there a subject that you'd like me to cover in a podcast? I'd love to know because this show's for you. It's here. It's literally here to help you. So if there's something that I can help you with, then I'm always happy to. Okay, so that's it. I'm going to bid you adieu. Have a fantastic rest of the day. Have a fantastic rest of the week. And I'll speak to you before long. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this, then please subscribe to the show. And while you're there, I'd love it if you could leave me a big, shiny five-star review. Bye.